Owning a small business can be overwhelming. How can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. There's so many places to reach customers. Email, text messages, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, live events. The list goes on. How are you, as the business owner, expected to own all of those channels? That's where Constant Contact comes in to help. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. I use this to grow my email list, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. First thing you got to learn is you don't listen to losers because it's the fastest who gets paid. Fire it up when you're ready. Fire it up. Fire it up. And it's a race from here on, no matter what happens. He's got him this time. Here they come on turn four. Must go faster. Welcome to Running Hot Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Giffen, predictive analyst here at Action Network, and joining me, my co-host, Stephen Young of Rotor Grinders, better known as Stevie TPFL. And this week, we're talking bets for the South Point 400 here on Running Hot. Last weekend at the Charlotte Roval, AJ Allmendinger, who I bet 12 to 1 on the podcast, he grabbed the checkered flag ahead of William Byron in second place and Kyle Busch in third. Unfortunately for Busch, he misses out on advancing into the round of eight along with Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Brad Keselowski, who were also eliminated from the playoffs. In, I wouldn't necessarily call it a banner day. We've had several good ones, but in a great day for the Running Hot podcast. Stevie, you also nailed Ty Gibbs' top Toyota plus 550 for his fourth place finish. I had his top 10 at plus money. And we were both on Alex Bowman at plus 155 to finish inside the top 10. So we got to keep that momentum going into Vegas. But first, Stevie, thoughts on the Roval and on the playoffs? I mean, the Roval was just like any other road course this year. You can't really pass. The package that they have for the road courses with this new car is, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's too good. So I'm expecting some changes next year for the road course package. And, you know, we'll talk about that if it happens. Overall, though, I mean, it was one of those road courses where it was, I don't want to say easy, but it was predictable because of just trying to figure out like who was going to go for stage points and who wasn't. I think the biggest thing this past weekend at the Roval was just kind of nailing that. And I mean, if you were able to do that, you probably had a good betting day and you probably had a good fantasy day. So, you know, it really worked out. I'm I'm pumped for the three races that we have this playoff round of eight. I mean, Vegas, Homestead and Martinsville. Like we I'm a little concerned about Martinsville with this new car and this package. But I mean, Vegas and Homestead should be two of the best races we've had all season. Homestead might be the best race of the year. Like we I mean, it's already one of the best races of the year just because of the track wear and how that track is designed with this car and this package. Homestead might be the might be the race of the year, and I'm kind of sad that it's not the championship race anymore. But I mean, yeah. it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, Roval, awesome. AJ, awesome call. Ty Gibbs was the Toyota that we kind of had projected that was not going to run for stage points, and 
all the other ones did. And I mean, it was just, hey, don't mess up at the end kind of thing for Ty Gibbs. He had a chance yeah. to win that race. And it's really cool. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, race was very close to what we predicted in terms of who would pit, who would stay out, et cetera. So it's nice when those things fall into place. But it also was, you know, one of those, I wouldn't say obvious, but certainly those spots where it's like, if you're Bubba, you got to go for those points. If you're Reddick, you got to go for those points, those kinds of things. And it, it's really hard to come back through the field once you do. Reddick did a good job of coming back through the field, but he still wasn't even able to uh, crack the top four in the end. I think he came home fifth or, or whatever it was there. But yeah, just a nice, predictable race. And hopefully we'll have another one this weekend for Las Vegas. But yeah, playoff picture. I mentioned those drivers that were out. So we have... Like you said, Las Vegas, Homestead, and Martinsville for this round of the playoffs. Any thoughts on playoff drivers of the eight remaining? Yeah, so, I mean, I was really close this past round. The only thing I had backwards was Bell and Kyle Busch. We, I, think I, eliminated, us, I got all four correct. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, both of us. I know you had Chastain, Kozlowski, Bubba, and I think the only thing we had separate was I had Bell and you had Busch. So we were pretty on it on the round of 12. The round of eight, going to the final four, I mean, it's really hard not to say it's going to be a Hendrick Motorsports versus Joe Gibbs racing Final Four. I feel like that's the favorite. I'm locking in Byron, Larson, and Hamlin. I think that fourth spot is... I'm really debating on like Bell and Truex. It's going to be one of those two guys for me. I wouldn't be shocked if Christopher Buescher wins Martinsville just because of how that team has performed on the short flats this year. So that could be like a wild card. But yeah, my Final Four is Byron, Larson, Hamlin. And I'm going to lean Bell over Truex just because like Bell has been more consistent with speed so far in the playoffs. And Truex just seems to be fumbling right now. I don't know what's going on with him and that team. But I mean, one of the fastest cars all year. But I mean, Nick, would we really be shocked if like Truex goes to Vegas or Homestead and wins? I mean, I I just think, you know, Larson... I'm putting Larson in because I think he wins Homestead. Like, I think Larson is... If I could bet Larson for Homestead right now, I would. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to eat the chuck, and I'm I'm going to take the top four right now. Byron, Truex, Hamlin, and Larson. I'm just going to straight up eat the chuck. I think those have been the four best all year, and I think these tracks set up nicely for all of them as well. Like, you, you mentioned... Martinsville could be a little bit of a wild card for Busher. Certainly Homestead could be as well. He they've been RFK has been great at similar tracks to Homestead. But, you know, for Tyler Reddick, it's probably Vegas or Homestead. Blaney, it probably just has to be Martinsville. So there's a lot of question marks with those other four drivers. So I'm just locking in the top four. Plus, you know, Truex has a 15-point cushion right now on Busher. So that certainly helps. So I'm just locking in the chuck for my Homestead, not Homestead, Phoenix championship race prediction the final four but now we need to talk about las vegas of course vegas a mile and a half track kind of your classic mile and a half kind of getting a little bit on the medium high tire wear side of things over the past couple years so stevie thoughts on vegas and handicapping that yeah i love the fact that it's getting a little bit of tire wear Uh, Mm -hmm. we saw a little bit of tire wear at texas recently which was it's kind of nice because, I mean, these 1.5s, when they start getting character, that's when the racing gets so good. That's why Homestead is so good. That's why Atlanta was so good for, yep. for years because of the character in that track. But, I mean, for me, I'm just looking at the high-speed intermediates. Las Vegas, I'm going to comp with, obviously, Vegas from earlier this year. They're running the same tire they ran at Vegas earlier this year and the end of last season. They ran this tire at Kansas, and then they ran it at a couple tracks like Pocono, and Nashville, which I don't think I would include too much into my data yeah. here. 
I'm looking at Vegas, Kansas, Charlotte, Texas. I'm looking at the yeah. traditional 1.5s, high speed intermediates, and just going off of that, and you know, trying to nail the speed based off of those tracks, and maybe weighing you know Kansas too and Texas a little bit heavier than like Vegas yep. and Kansas from earlier this season. Because I mean, teams get better, they adjust, they make changes throughout the year. So like mm-hmm. looking at like recent speed to these tracks gives us a little bit better accurate kind of what to predict for these races yeah i agree with that i agree with all of that i do want to weigh kansas and texas certainly a little bit more that said i will have a driver in my picks that more leans towards earlier this year but i do think there's enough value but i agree with you i'm weighing kansas and texas a little bit more than you know the third race of the year the which was las vegas's first race earlier this year is the third race of the season now we're at you know race 33 and uh sorry 32 yeah, 33 of the season. So like we're getting pretty far in. It's been like 30 races since we were last at Las Vegas. So definitely I think we should be weighing, you know, Kansas, Texas a little bit more than first Las Vegas. But you're right. We, as a whole, we want to look at those mile and a half intermediates. I will say I do worry about the Fords here specifically because it's like the opposite of Charlotte, right? Charlotte was at night. It was humid. All those things played to extra downforce, which the Fords have lost with that slimmer nose this year. And we saw earlier this year at Las Vegas that no Ford was in the top 12 in my flags metric. So no Ford was in top 12 in like true speed. So that does concern me a little bit. You know, they probably have made some gains throughout the year, but I don't think Ford will be contending for top threes, top fives very easily. I think it'll probably be the Hendrick Motorsports and Toyota show you know, even at the first Vegas race, like Trackhouse had two cars in the top 10. I could see them struggling a little bit just because their recent speed hasn't been as good, but I still like them relative to some of the Fords. So it's going to be interesting. But, I, you know, with Trackhouse falling off a little bit, it really becomes the Hendrick and Toyota show for me at Las Vegas this weekend. But that's kind of, you know, just a little angle I've got because Vegas, it's hot. There's no humidity. It's going to be sunny. So it's going to be one of those things where it's a little bit opposite of Charlotte in terms of the mile and a half. Uh, and so, you know, like we said, it's getting kind of medium high tire wear. That also doesn't help the Fords because when you're struggling with downforce, you're sliding in the corners more, you're wearing those tires in a track that's already starting to wear tires that could spell a little bit of trouble for the Fords. But yeah, that's the Vegas preview. Not a whole lot to it, really. I mean, this is the same type of track we just had at at Texas, same type of track we just had at Kansas. We don't need too much of a preview here. That's time. That means it's time to dive into some bets. As always, we're going to take you for a lap around Las Vegas. That's four turns, one pick from each of us per turn before we drive into victory lane. So it's time to throw the green flag here on the South Point 400 and drive into turn one. This is Ryan Blaney, and we're running hops. All right, Stevie, lead us into turn one. I'm going to go to one of those Toyotas, and it's Ty Gibbs, top 10, plus 100. Ty Gibbs ranks 15th in speed on high-speed intermediates this season. He struggled at Las Vegas earlier this year, but we've talked about like the gains this team has made so much over the last like month and a half. He's only got one top 20 on intermediates this season. So, I mean, there obviously is a little bit of risk with this bet. You could wait for this bet. And if he struggles in practice and qualifying, it probably gets to like plus 120, plus 140 range. So, you know, that obviously is something you could do. 
I'm worried that he's going to unload with a lot of speed because of what they've had speed-wise. They obviously can test a little bit here for 1.5s. Vegas is one of the early races next season, but who's to say that like by testing, they don't hit on something? I mean, I'm just kind of betting on recent Ty Gibbs performance over the last two months than I am you know, the first couple months of the season. So I'm going to take Ty Gibbs for a top 10 plus 100. I really like his opportunity and chances to finish the season strong down the stretch here. Yeah, that gains that team and driver have made, certainly as he's now more than a full year's worth of races in the next-gen cup car, right? Because he started partway through last year, replacing Kurt Busch, who, who was injured out with a concussion. So Ty Gibbs definitely has come along, and you know he, he grabbed uh, that fourth-place finish at the Roval, which was his now new career best finish to go along with a, a trio of fifth place finishes at some other races earlier this year, but all in the latter half of the season, right? He didn't have a top five until Pocono, which was his first career top five. But since then he's had top fives at Pocono, Glen, Bristol, and now the Roval all within the last about 10 races or so 11 races or so. So I definitely like that pick. I think that team is trending up. I like Toyota at this track. So I'm going to go for my turn one pick to another Toyota and that is Bubba Wallace top 10 at even money. I cannot believe this is still sitting out there at even money. This is a two-unit bet for me. Bubba Wallace, I mean, if we just look at the mile and a half, fourth at Las Vegas earlier this year, fourth at Kansas earlier this year, fourth at Charlotte earlier this year, third at Texas earlier this year. The only one he didn't finish top five was Kansas, the playoff race where he finished 32nd. But he had a top five, top 10 car at that one as well. So this is just way too mispriced, and I can't believe it's still sitting out there. I don't need to dive into the analysis much more than that. Bubba Wallace has had top five speed in pretty much every single one of these mile and a half. And if not top five speed, it's been darn near close, sixth or seventh in terms of, of speed. So you got to take Bubba Wallace even money for a top 10. Yeah, I have him as the fifth ranked driver as far as speed on intermediates this season, like right behind byron reddick kind of range right above like bell and elliott so i mean i i might tail this one because this one just seems too good to be true yeah it really is so that is turn one we are going with a pair of toyota top tens at even money so we're gonna roll the corner into turn two i'm denny hanlon and this is turn two here on running hot all right turn two stevie what do you got for us yeah, so I'm going to go to a group bet. You know, we talk about these from time to time. And this one is Elliot, Busher, Keselowski, and Chastain. And I'm going to take Busher plus 240 in this one. I mean, with Keselowski and Chastain being eliminated from the playoffs last weekend, I really think this is a head to head between Elliot and Busher. With Chastain and, and Suarez both knocked out of the playoffs now, I mean, this is with as bad as Trackhouse has been the second half of this year. I mean, almost the whole year, too. I fully expect Chastain and Suarez to go into like full test mode, especially Vegas is early in the racing, you know, circuit next season. I think this is going to be an opportunity for Trackhouse to be trying some stuff out. So, yeah, you know, Keselowski last season went into full test mode, right? When he wasn't in the playoffs. So, wouldn't be shocked if like their full focus being on Busher, Keselowski is testing stuff to help Busher. I mean, their focus now is let's get Chris Busher into the final four. Keselowski is part owner of that team so his full focus is going to be that busher ranked inside the top five in speed at texas chase elliott is incredibly good hendrick is going to be fast the focus is still larson and byron 
yeah, Elliot's still racing for the owner's championship. No one cares. <laughs> so I really just think this is a head-to-head between Elliot and Busher. And in a head-to-head situation, I'd take almost anybody at plus 240 in a head-to-head. So I'm going to take Busher in this group at plus 240. Yeah, and you know what else I like about this? Of course, you're getting Busher versus his teammate. So we've got that testing angle, like you said. So certainly all focus is going to be on Busher there. So that kind of eliminates Keselowski, like you said. Chastain, he could be in full test mode, plus Trackhouse has dipped. So if I am going to look at a Ford, it is going to be something where I'm facing another Ford, a Chevy that's dropped off, and then Elliott, who has arguably been the worst of the Hendrick Motorsports Chevys at the mile and a half. I mean, even Alex Bowman has shown more speed than Elliott at most of the mile and a half this year. So definitely like that Chris Buescher plus 240 in this group. For me, though, I know Trackhouse is in testing mode, but I can't ignore Daniel Suarez for a top 10 finish simply because of the price at plus 285. We look earlier this year, he was 10th in flags at Vegas. He was 12th in flags at the first Kansas race. Now, you know, more recent race, Kansas 2, he wasn't wasn't so good. He was 20th in speed there. But it's one of those spots where he's going to be hanging around. I mean, he finished 8th at Texas if we want to you know, look at Texas as well. He's going to be hanging around in the in the teens and maybe a little bit higher, maybe a little bit lower. But if you're hanging around in the teens, it's pretty easy, especially with the way these races have been so competitive, a little bit wild. We've seen some cautions at these mile and a half with this type of car to squeak your way into the top 10 if you're a mid-teens car. And, you know, Suarez has shown he has the potential to be even a top 10 car at this track type. It may happen. It may not. It may depend on what they hit on. But at least he'll probably be hanging around the teens. And so plus 285, just too long. I've got this closer to like plus 200. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes we'll talk about top 10s and we're like, all right, you, I mean, you can wait and see practice and qualifying. Can't wait on this one. This one has to be an mm-hmm. early week bet because it's not going to really move if he struggles in practice and qualifying. But if they do unload with speed, it's going to move in the wrong direction for yeah. our value that we're talking about. So, just because someone is testing stuff does not mean they're not going to hit on something. We talk about this all the time. I mean, in top 10 bets, you can have some late race stuff and luck into a top 10. So at plus 285, like Nick, I'm showing this, you know, really close to like 200, 210 as fair value. And getting at 285 is something I definitely don't mind jumping on here early in the week. So you're right around 200 to 10 as well. So I think that's a nice compliment that you are right in line with me. And you know what, Stevie, everyone loves compliments and compliments are guaranteed after making the leap to skincare with Caldera Lab. And I'm talking about how you look today and 20 years from now, the results are incredible in just a very little amount of time. Men's skincare and Caldera Lab are the perfect pair for you to look and feel your best. Super easy to add to your morning and nightly routine. Clear skin, less wrinkles, and less signs of aging. Enough said. Caldera Lab skincare. Join the other 100,000 men who trust Caldera Lab to show your best first impression this fall. Now, Caldera Lab knows the skincare world is heavily female-driven and has long been the wild, wild west for men. That's why they're making the solution simple with just three steps. The clean slate, which is a face wash to start and end your day, the base layer, which is a daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin, and the good, which is an eye serum you can put on at night to help your skin look tighter and smoother. And just for our audience, we have an exclusive deal. Use code RUNNING at calderalab.com and get 20% off right now. That's 20% off with code RUNNING 
at calderalab.com. Make unforgettable first impressions with Caldera Lab. All right, we have completed turns one and turns two. We got to drive down the backstretch into turn three. I'm Austin Dillon, driver of the number three, and this is turn three here on Running Hot. Two turns down, two turns to go. Stevie, lead us into turn three. Well, I mean, I've had a Toyota and a Ford bet, so I got to go to a Chevy. Um, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to go Alex Bowman, top 10, plus 130. You know, you talked about how he's had speed this season on intermediates. It's been kind of hit or miss. He was really fast at Las Vegas earlier this year. Ran third most of that race behind his two teammates. Just kind of looking at after... The accident, he's kind of been middle of the pack. It's been a weird season for Alex Bowman. But the fact that they had some success here earlier this year, I think is really good for him. And like finishing wise, he's finished 12th or better in the, you know, has the second best average finish on 1.5. So like the opportunity is definitely there for him. They're in test mode. There's no doubt about it. But like they're still going to be fast. Like Hendrick Motorsports has been so fast on these tracks this year. Test mode doesn't mean slow. Test mode means Alex Bowman hits on something and goes from running 12th to running second. So I like Alex Bowman for a top 10 this week at plus money. Yeah, this for me is a little similar, although better in terms of like expected performance to my Daniel Suarez bet where super good at this track type earlier this year. Like you said, he's kind of run a little more towards mid pack in the latter half of the season, but Part of it could be test mode, but he's always right there, just like Suarez anyway, and even a little bit better than Suarez. So I think you're getting a good deal here with Alex Bowman for a top 10 finish. For me, you know, you said you got one of each manufacturer. I have one Chevy and one Toyota right now, but I'm not going to complete the trio. I'm going to go to a little bit of an oddball bet, and I'm going to take most laps led by any driver under 107 and a half at minus 115. This is just straight up counting stats, and I'm not a big fan of counting stats, but we we can also just kind of apply our race knowledge here, right? So first, just going to the counting stats. Five of the seven races at Kansas and Las Vegas in the next-gen car, the most laps led by a driver has been under this number of 107.5. That includes two of three at Las Vegas. Both Texas races in the next-gen car stayed under this, and one of those was a 500-mile race. One of the two Charlotte races, now they both went over this number, but remember, those are 600-mile races, so 400 laps. One of the two races scales to the under 107.5, and the other scales to just barely over 107.5 at 110. And we know this car just produces just this crazy racing on these intermediate tracks. You can race, you can pass, there will be wrecks, there will be you know close quarters, so... This is just a type of track where it, we don't necessarily in the next gen car get a frequent dominator, um, especially with guaranteed stage cautions and pit stops. You know, that can shake things up. Strategy can shake things up if we get some of these cautions. So it is counting stats, but it also jives with the style of racing we've seen. So I think this line is too high. I think it should be closer to honestly in the high double digits. If you just look at it, you know, if you just take the median of, of relevant tracks, it should be closer to like the high double digits. The only thing I'll say to this is you're really hoping Byron Larson or Hamlin don't don't get the pole. <laughs> you're also my my biggest concern with this, right? I, I don't hate this bet. I love playing the numbers game on bets all the time. My biggest concern with this bet would be it is really easy to pass throughout the field, but it has been incredibly hard to pass the leader on intermediates. So if we do get one of those JGR or Hendrick Motorsports cars up front, it might be really hard to pass them. It's kind of what we saw at Vegas earlier this year. Byron led 176 laps 
And Larson had the better car. He just couldn't pass him. So I get it. And I mean, you're just kind of, you're like, all right, well, Byron's going to lead a hundred. Larson's going to lead a hundred. And you know, I'm, I'm going to stand under my, my number here. Yeah. So this race last year, you know, Tyler Reddick in that RCR number eight car started on the pole to your point there. And that was not a Hendrick Motorsports or a Toyota car. But, you know, we had the most laps led of a single driver with Ross Chastain at 68 last year. So in this very race, this second playoff you know, Vegas race there. So it could depend on who starts on the pole. You're right. I, I definitely agree with that. So maybe this is one you want to wait for after qualifying, but even just playing the numbers game, you know, I, I think it, it's one where I still want to take it. I have no problem taking it right now. So three turns down, one turn to go. We got to roll through turn four. I'm Connor Daly, and this is turn four here on Running Hot. All right, turn four, Stevie. Final turn before we drive into victory lane. What do you got for us here? I mean, I can't stop now. <laughs> I mean, oh, I gotta, I gotta do it again, Nick. I gotta go to Christopher Bell plus um, <laughs> twelve hundred over on BetMGM. Twelve to one for Bell. It's just too long. I have this closer to ten to one, which gives it a little bit of value. Which we don't have a ton of value with outrights this week because I mean, we kind of project who to run up front as the favorites, which kind of stinks, but I mean, that's how it's going to be. But his average finish this season on the high speed intermediate races, we've had five of them is 15.4. He ranks six in speed. If he can have an issue free race, one issue free race for Christopher Bell, where they have solid pit stops and he doesn't have any on track incidents, he's going to win one of these races. And Mm -hmm. he is a really good racer on tracks with tire wear. Vegas is getting more tire wear. He's good on steep tracks. This track is technically a steep track. Everything points to Christopher Bell being solid on top of JGR's speed. So as much as I like Larson and Byron and Reddick and Dan Denny Hanlon, I really like Bell at 12 to 1 as far as just value. So I'm going to induce the pain one more time, probably a couple more times because we're going to Homestead (laughs) next week. But give me Christopher Bell at 12 to 1 on BetMGM. Yeah, it's one of those, like, he's his speed at these tracks isn't really different from his teammates, right? Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, and those guys are six-ish and eight-and-a-half-ish to one, and Bell is double digits here, and not just double digits, not just 10 or 11, he's 12 to one. So I do think there is value at Christopher Bell, 12 to one at BetMGM, so definitely like that. For me, in my turn four pick, I'm going to stay in that close 12 to 13 to one odds range but I'm not taking a driver to win. I'm taking Eric Jones for a top three finish at 13 to one. And when we talked earlier about, you know, maybe using Kansas playoff race more Texas a little bit more than those earlier season mile and a half. That's what I'm doing here because at Kansas, Eric Jones was fifth in green flag speed and he finished third at Texas. He was even better. He was third in green flag speed And he was running second prior to the whole late race mayhem where he ended up getting involved in a crash that wasn't of his own doing. But you're telling me guy who just at this exact track type was top five in speed, top three in one of them in back to back races at this track type all pretty recently. And he's 13 to one for a top three. Yeah, I'm going to bite. And you always talk about, well, should we wait for after qualifying or not? Well, in those two races, he qualified 19th and 12th. So it's not really going to get longer, not really going to get shorter if he qualifies in that mid-range there. So 
I'm just going to take it right now. Eric Jones, 13 to one for a top three finish. I think Hochevar coming in in the other car has, I don't know if it's like Chevy has given a little bit more support to Legacy because they are running Hochevar. You know, they are leaving at the end of the year, but something has changed. This car has gone from like a 18th to 25th place car to running inside the top 10. And Eric Jones is incredibly good. I mean, there's no no secret how good Eric Jones is. He just has mm-hmm. had some unlucky handshake deals, has put him in some equipment that's not great. But Eric Jones is an extremely talented race car driver. If this car has speed, he's someone that can win a race. Like he's not yeah. only just someone that can finish inside the top three. Like he can go up there and compete with the big boys. I mean, look at yeah. look at his I wins. Did, I did bet him uh, eighty to one right at the drop to win this race as well, but it's down to forty to one now, so I can't give that out on the podcast because I wouldn't take it at 40 to one, but uh, I agree with you. He has the potential to win one of these races. If he finds himself running in the top three or top five with late restarts, anything can happen. So I agree with you. And he's super talented, very interested to see how they're going to do with the Toyota manufacturer label next year, getting that Toyota support. I think Eric Jones is probably in line for a win or two next year. If, if they're anywhere near as good as some of those other Toyota teams 2311 joe gibbs for example so eric jones 13 to 1 for a top three finish is my turn for pick so we've completed a full lap around las vegas motor speedway only one thing left to do that especially this week after our successful week last week is pop the, the bottle in victory lane so stevie what is our victory lane pick for las vegas all right, before I give out our, our victory lane pick, I'm going to play a little game. If I could tell you a driver has a 4.4 average finish and has won two of five intermediate tracks this season, and you were getting him third in the books behind the two big favorites of Larson and Hamlin, you wouldn't even care what the name is. And then you add in the fact that he's in a Hendrick Motorsports car from day one this season, we have been talking about William Byron. We are not stopping now. We're going to go to William Byron. Six to one over on Bet MGM to win this race. I, I mean, do we typically like six to one bets to win races? No, we don't. Nick and I talk about it all the time. But I mean, I realistically think there's six cars that can win this race if I had to bet on six cars. I'm not going to bet on all six of them. I think it's Larson, Hamlin, Byron, Truex, Reddick, Bell. And if you just heard what I said, it's Chevy and Toyota. And it's not just any Chevy or Toyota, it's the two teams that have had incredible amount of speed on these races this season. So the fact that like Byron has won two of these five, he just won at Texas when he didn't have the best car. He absolutely dominated this Las Vegas race earlier this year. He had a 148 driver rating, 59 fastest laps and 176 laps led. You couldn't pass him. He didn't lose the lead. He restarted the best. I mean, his pit crew has been phenomenal all year. Like, everything lines up for William Byron. He's having an incredible year. I like his chances to lock himself into the Final Four this weekend and Larson to do it next weekend. And then we go to Martinsville and have some drama. But, I mean, how do we stop the love for William Byron? And here comes Byron. William Byron will win. We, We don't. That's why he's our victory lane pick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> we don't we don't stop the love for William Byron. I agree with you. I think there's you know six favorites to win the race, and it, it could be any of those six. That's why I like that bell pick at, at twelve to one. But I agree with you. Byron has been just absolutely monstrous at this track type this year, and just overall. So if it's not going to be Larson, who I think rightly should be the favorite, 
how can we argue with his teammate being next in line? And, you know, even technically Byron's numbers have been as good or better than Larson at these tracks this year. So William Byron, six to one bet MGM is our victory lane pick this week. That is going to do it for us. Thank you for listening to the South Point 400 episode of Running Hot Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. We'll be back this time next week to talk about bets for the forever 400 at Homestead Miami Speedway. On behalf of my co-host, Stephen Young, thanks again for listening. And we'll see you back here next week on Running Hot from Action Network. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.